Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Hello, everyone. We are back, but I know you guys are probably going to be confused because it's a Monday night and Talk Soccer to Me does not come on Monday nights, but today's episode is going to be a special one because we got something going on for you. legnagyobb magyar játékosról elnevezett díjat, első magyarként át tudom ezt venni. All right, I'll cut it there. So what you guys just heard was Hungarian, and it was Daniel Zsori accepting his award when he won the Puskás a couple weeks back at FIFA's Best. So I know you guys are probably thinking, what's going on here? Why are you playing this little soundbite of Daniel Zsori? But it's because I have a Hungarian on the show today. It's it's going to be a special show because of that. Uh, I brought a special guest on from the men's tennis team, not a soccer player, but a tennis player on, and his name is Tommy Zador. Welcome in, Tommy. Hey, everyone. It's nice to be here. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, letting me come on your show. Can you say, thank you for coming on. Can you say something for us in Hungarian? What does that mean? It's uh, good evening, everyone. Ooh, I like that. All right, cool. So you guys got a nice good evening in Hungarian, so you're welcome. Um, Tommy, I just want to like just intro you and just talk about you and and your your journey here at DePaul and being on the men's tennis team. But before we get into that, what brought you here to DePaul all the way, being that you're from Budapest, Hungary? Um, getting a scholarship and an education here uh, has always been my goal. Um, I grew up in a tennis community um, where a lot of people from where a lot of people went to college mm-hmm. here in the states. Um, two of my coaches uh, went to Washington University. Uh, another one went to Baylor and actually won a NCAA tennis Ooh. championship there. Um, so they were always people that I looked up to, and I always wanted to follow their footsteps. And then my first uh, my first coach. Um, he had a daughter who went to DePaul. Um, she was on DePaul's uh, women's tennis team here for four years. And so I talked to her about opportunities here. And then I contacted my coach, Matt Brothers, here, um, who took an interest in my tennis career. And uh, he actually came to see me in Hungary to play. That's so over, cool. Over what? the winter break, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he liked how I played. And then he offered a scholarship. That's so cool. Yeah. So he actually went all the way out there, saw that you guys have like a good bond. Yeah, no, it um, cool. was amazing. Um, that was one of the, I had other offers too, and but none of the other coaches actually came to see me in Hungary. So that was definitely wow. a determining factor in me choosing right. DePaul. Taking that extra step. Exactly. To show that. But so then being that you're from there, how has your experience been here so far, like culturally? Um. It wasn't as big of a change for me as many would expect because I spent a lot of time here before. I actually spent almost seven weeks here. Wow. Um, two years before I came here. Um, in Chicago or no, in the in U.S.? California. Okay. Yeah, and what were Irvine. you there for? I was there playing tennis and visiting a close friend. Awesome. Um, she's kind of like my second sister. That's so cool. Uh, she lived with us uh, for multiple summers in Hungary. So oh. then I went to visit her in California and then... 
I also spent some time in New York before. Mm-hmm. Um, just visiting some friends there. Um, it's cool. So you've some seen, there. yeah. So you've seen yeah. some good, good uh, already some good states, um, in the U in the United States. But uh, one question though, because you said it wasn't that big of a difference, but just going somewhere in general, even within your own country or within like your own state, if it's a different town, sometimes you do make like different adjustments. So you haven't had to make certain adjustments being here. I feel like the biggest adjustment was just being away from my family. Um, yeah. I have a twin sister, so uh, I always did everything with her. And this was the first time we actually got separated. Um, she's in Portland right now, so not too far, yeah. but still far. And what does she do? Does she also play tennis? She's on the tennis team there. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's cool. That's awesome. So you guys, are you? do you still keep you know, as much contact with her as mu- like as you would like, being that you're in different places? I feel like we got closer. Really? Since That's we moved really further awesome. away from each other. Because before that, we had different friends group. But uh, yeah. this way, we actually started talking more about our everyday life, about our friends. Yeah. Because we actually never really met them. So I visited in Portland, visited her in Portland a couple of times. She, she usually flies through Chicago. So sometimes Ooh. she just spends a couple of days here before she goes back to Portland. That's and cool. then I also spent uh, a summer with her, this past summer with her in New York. What we both had like? internships, so it was wow. good. We moved in together there. So That's fun. That was an experience. That yeah. does seem so fun just hearing about it. That's really cool. And then the, you, you guys also have tennis in common that you guys both play. Do you guys get competitive? Like, do you guys play against each other sometimes? We used to get competitive when we were younger because <laughs> I'm sure, as you know, um, women and girls get yeah. developed faster. So yeah. she was taller. Um, <laughs> She was taller than me until we were like 14. So she beat you? Probably. I wouldn't say that, but it, oh, was, com- I it was competitive. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll have to hear her side of it one day uh, then. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what made you choose? I'm going to go earlier on into your life. What made you choose tennis? Because I know, being that I know you outside of the show, you, you know a lot of soccer, and that's one of the main reasons that you're on the show right now. So what made you choose tennis instead of like playing soccer? I think it's because I was always more involved in the community around tennis than in soccer. Um, Most of my close friends Mm -hmm. were playing tennis, so I would travel to more tournaments with them. Um, I also also had a closer relationship with my uh, coaches in tennis. Okay. Um, And my parents were supportive of both sports, Mm -hmm. um, and I always felt like... My mom wanted me to play tennis. My mm-hmm. dad kind of wanted me to play soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really was my decision in the end. And yeah. I thought at the time I was better in tennis. And I mean, now I'm playing college tennis. So, so can't say it was a bad decision. Right. And you're here and you're you're also like getting a lot of other experiences like educationally. So then I'll use that as like a little transition for my next question. What are you majoring here um, in, at DePaul and what do you hope to do once you graduate? I'm actually a double major. I'm majoring in sports communication, which mm-hmm. is a new program here mm-hmm. at DePaul. And my other second major is film and media studies. Cool. And But I want to go into sports. Mm-hmm. I want to go into sports sponsorship and marketing mm-hmm. and maybe work for a soccer club or a tennis tournament like i did uh in the previous summers that's really cool so then once when are you graduating i'm graduating this spring okay so we're sort of graduating um in the same time so then 
after you graduate, do you hope to just stay here or do you want to go back to Hungary? What are your plans? I'm hoping to stay here for um, for a little, but it's also hard for us internationals because we have one extra year on our visa once mm -hmm. we graduate. Mm -hmm. And then an employer actually has to sponsor your green card. For you to stay. Yeah, yeah that happened with my friend. Um, actually, he went back to France because his visa wasn't getting uh, extended further, but he's he's working in, in Europe now. So he got a job out there. Good for him. Um, but yeah, so that I've heard that before. It is a little bit of a struggle. Um, yeah, finding but there sponsors are, sometimes, but there are always opportunities. Right. I mean, in sports, it's probably a little harder than if I were an accounting major. Right. Because a lot of the big five companies, they just sponsor um, people from DePaul, even if they're international. Right. Because like money matters to them less. than. Yeah. For but we're DePaul ones. students and we work hard and you're good at what you do. So you will find that if you choose to do that. Hopefully. But basically, so then before we transition to the actual like soccer talk, um, portion of the show I just want to ask you when you did play soccer for fun like what position did you play and what position like did you prefer to play if it wasn't what you were in I mostly played forward or winger um, I preferred winger mm -hmm. because I I thought I was uh, I thought I was fast for my mm -hmm. age at the time and um, I scored a lot of goals as a forward, which was fun. But uh, coaches mostly like me on the side, either side. I don't have. I'm a righty, mm -hmm. but I can shoot with my left a little bit. Cool. So, so you got some ambidextrous action going on. A little bit. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, one more question about tennis, though. With tennis not being as as I mean, tennis and soccer here at DePaul aren't sports that are followed as closely as basketball, so the support isn't as big. What is your, like, message to DePaul students to get them to, to, to basically encourage them to follow tennis more, to follow soccer, soccer more, to grow that attendance at the, at the games and the matches? What is, what is your, your encouraging message? I mean, with tennis... Um if you see a tennis match on TV, you just don't hear any talking during the points. But in mm -hmm. college tennis, that's actually different. You can actually cheer during points too, mm -hmm. um, which is a lot of fun. And we all get really loud, and you can really tell. You can really tell, see the school spirit. Um, so we need everyone to come out and support us because it helps us a lot. Definitely. We usually have a really good record at home, which is largely to our fans. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the other athletes come out and support us, even basketball players, mostly women's basketball, soccer, um, men's basketball comes sometimes too. Mm -hmm. And then we all go to their games to support them too. Yeah. And That's yeah. the way it should be. And we see that amongst athletes here. I think that's we have a really good athletic culture here at DePaul because the athletes amongst them, amongst themselves at least from what I've witnessed they all support each other it's it's a good it's it is a good ambiance a good relationship that you see you see the men's teams and the women's teams supporting each other going to each other's games that's nice but I I want to see that extended beyond that because when I'm at Wish Field I want to see way more people in the stands than I see because for a sport like soccer, which is huge all over the world, as, as well as tennis, you don't see that support here. And it's sad. And we're not it's not like we have the excuse that, oh, but there's like football games. We don't even have a football team at this school. So 
You got basketball, which even in their lack of attendance that they that they say at Wintrust Arena, it's still way more than than soccer and tennis and other sports. Therefore, we need to, as a school and a community, um, really support those sports. And that was my little, I just had to make sure we said that here so that people are listening and they definitely take that action. We spoke about that last week or the week before last week, Chris and I. So I'm going to make sure to keep repeating it until I see results. But before we go on to our actual soccer segment, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back. You were listening to Tommy Zador. He's on the men's tennis team. And I really suggest you guys go watch the matches. He does travel, though. Thursday, you're going to be going to, you said Ohio State? Yes, we're going to Ohio State on Wednesday, actually. Um, Wednesday. For a regional tournament, which is uh, the biggest tournament for us in the fall. See, you heard that. So you guys got to keep up with that kind of stuff and definitely support the team. But we will be back with more uh interesting stuff more soccer stuff so more related to the show and Tommy actually knows a lot of soccer so he's gonna be a delight on here we're gonna talk more uh Euro 2020 qualifying games and get his opinion on teams and predictions for what like which teams are the favorites so stay tuned we will be back soon
Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Hey guys, we are back after that nice little break. We are back with, if you weren't listening to the first segment, Tommy Zador from the men's tennis team is on tonight. It's a special segment. That's why we're on Monday night. Usually we're Thursday nights. Don't worry, we will be on Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. as our usual time this coming Thursday. But we are back and we are going to talk Euro 2020 qualifiers to you. But to start off with, I just need to say the top news for today's game was definitely with England and Bulgaria because what happened was the game stopped twice due to racist chants during the England and Bulgaria game. The ref followed the first step to the new three-step protocol set by UEFA in these events. I'm going to read off the three steps that every team is going to follow now when playing in a UEFA match if there are racist chants, which is becoming a ridiculous like ridiculous thing that just keeps reoccurring at every game. And it's it's it really isn't something that should be happening. But anyways, I will read off the steps. So first step is that the ref will stop play and make an announcement to fans to immediately stop racist behavior. The second step then is that the match suspended for some time and both teams will be sent to dr- the dressing room if abuse continues and then another warning is given to the fans by the ref. Then the third and final step is that the ref can decide to abandon the match. So this is interesting. You know, this, this, what do you think about this behavior, Tommy? I don't think it should exist in sports anymore or in society in general, Um, especially after seeing it happening on the club level and Mm -hmm. clubs getting fined and people not being let in to watch the games and it seems to progress on the club level, but mm-hmm. we can still see it in Italy or sometimes even in England after a bad loss. It happens a lot in Italy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I mean, FIFA took some measures, and one of their um, main goals is to promote equality in right. sports right, right. now. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what um, actions will UEFA take and Azerbaijan and uh, sorry England and uh, Bulgaria um, mm-hmm. take in order to prevent this from happening again. Yeah, and it's sad because they keep taking these. They're making making these steps now to to definitely try and end this. And they're saying that they're going to start like putting teams on game bans if their supporters continue to do these types of things. And I think that these measures should be taken at this point because warnings obviously are not working. So let's see how it plays out and see if these people continue to do this because it's just completely like inappropriate behavior that should not be happening, especially from adults. So anyways, to go on with that game, England ended up winning 6-0. So... <laughs> interesting i think sterling had like two goals rashford kicked in the first one he netted the first goal of the game i believe if I yeah, it's good, for, good for rashford because he's been having some uh tough times at manchester united right. and so is kane so kane providing three assists and the goal that's uh yeah that must be good for confidence yes really nice performance by Kane, who was actually the first or the only goal in the previous game they had played. What was it? The day, the day before that, before. or two days before? Two days before. Yeah, 
two days before with the penalty goal. It was a nice one. But today, Rashford's goal was simply beautiful. It was nice. But moving on to some other games that happened today, France and Turkey tied 1-1. Ukraine beat Portugal 2-1. Yeah, that was a big surprise. You have something to say about this, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of happy. I'm not a big Portugal fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm happy for Ukraine, too. It's right next to Hungary. Um, it's a small soccer nation, so it's good to see them doing so well in the qualifying rounds. Right, and Ukraine has already clinched, basically. So they've qualified through the Nations League, which is one of the newer things that UEFA has brought in to qualify for the Euros. But the teams that have already qualified are Belgium, Italy, Russia, Poland, and as we just said, Ukraine. So what do you think this says about... If we look at favorites, you and I were having this conversation earlier, and it was really it was really nice. So maybe we can bring a little bit of that at least to, to the show right now. Just tell me exactly what you were telling me earlier, Tommy. Well, to start out with Belgium, I think they have a great team with a lot of depth in their squad. Um, they have Hazard, Lukaku, who's just uh, broken another national team record mm-hmm. by scoring another goal. And... I think they're definitely one of the favorites. I think the other favorite is uh, France. I think mm-hmm. Belgium and France have really good odds mm-hmm. going into next year's Euro Championship. And I think England looks pretty good, even after a bad loss to Czech Republic. Right. Um, they came back strong today, um, beating Bulgaria 6-0. Um, Germany is always a contender, so is Spain. Mm-hmm. But they have a very young team that still needs to develop a lot. And they need to play more together. Um, and I mean, the Netherlands. Well, they look you great too. You know how too. I feel about yeah, the Netherlands. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and I think you're right. I mean, they have a good team. A lot of them played together or previously played together. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they can accomplish again. Definitely. And as you said earlier, with Lukaku breaking records for Belgium, but someone else broke a record for not only their country but actually in Europe. So I'm sure you guys already know who I'm talking about, Sergio Ramos. Ramos broke the record for the most caps. Caps are appearances, for those of you who um, don't know. Because the other day, my my brother was complaining about the word caps. This is just me going off on a tangent. He's like, no one uses that, but everyone uses that. So for those of you who don't like to use the word caps, I'm just putting in appearances in there. But Ramos broke the record for most appearances for Spain after drawing 1-1 with Norway for his total of 168 caps. But this is where he breaks a European record because the only person ahead of him for the most caps in Europe is Gigi Buffon. And he's so, not playing anymore in the national exactly. team. Exactly. So basically, Buffon had 176 appearances for Italy during his international career because he started in 1997 up until 2018, which is as you know, a long, very successful and long career for Buffon. But Ramos is the most capped outfield player in Europe. So that is an accomplishment. You know, that that's something really nice, and I'm sure Spanish fans are very happy about that. Especially on a Spanish team that won everything, starting from yes. the European Championship to World Cup. And they've been dominating and for consecutively. so long. And consecutively. 2010 exactly. World Cup, 2012 Euro Cup, and it's... They they have produced a lot of legends in soccer, and they have given a lot of gifts to, to the sport, definitely, with, with the people that they've produced out of there. But another country that have produced 
literally soccer machines that I am very fond of that and I see you smiling because you know what's coming (laughs) but the Netherlands where Virgil van Dijk the best defender in the entire world plays and captains the team but let's let's move on to the Netherlands just because I want to mention their nice game against Belarus and it was so nice because Jeannie Wijnaldum scored two stunning goals one stunning header and then a beauty, a stunner from 30 yards out. He didn't even have to think twice about it. He just knocked it right in. So that was a nice game from the Netherlands. And these are things that I want to see during the Euro um, this upcoming summer. It's going to be so nice. They have so much young talent. I want to hear your opinion on the Netherlands. First of all, Wijnaldum has been doing amazing. He had yes. an amazing year. He scored in the Champions League final coming off the bench. He scored two... Ama- like pivotal goals yeah. against Barca in the Champions League semifinal. Yeah, true. I mean, that was a big comeback for them that I wasn't too happy about as a Barcelona okay. fan. Alrighty. But uh, it's good to see um, such a hardworking guy getting recognized yeah. and establishing himself as a starter in Jurgen Klopp's Definitely. team. Um, regarding the team in general, I think. What do you think about like Matej Delict and like Frankie De Jong, so the yo- other younger stars? I think they're awesome. They very good players playing for very good teams, so they're gonna develop, become even better. Mm-hmm. Um, that will help inspire the younger generations in the Netherlands, and um, they already have a good soccer history, and I think oh, it's yeah. knowledge is gonna be better. Definitely. And we're going to get to see a game in the Johan Cruyff Arena during the Euros because this year it's the first time of, I think, ever in the history of this of this uh, of the Euros that they're going to be doing games all across the continent. So there actually will be one at the Puskas uh, Arena or stadium over in your part of the world in Budapest, Hungary. Yeah, it's uh, exciting for us. We don't really get these chances too often. So what does it mean to your like to your people there? I mean, soccer is huge in Hungary, so the stadium is going to be full. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people can't afford to travel Mm -hmm. um, to different countries to watch the games, especially because of different currencies and the prices are so high. So it's good to have a chance to experience the Euros live. Definitely. Are you going to be there during that or are you going to be here? I'm going to be in Chicago probably. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Well, hopefully Summit the people that you know over there, friends or family, can explain the ambiance to you if they end up going. But, yeah, so uh, as for other games, Germany 3-0 uh, beating Estonia. What did you think of that game? Um, I have missed feelings about that game. Mm-hmm. Germany has a lot of young talent. Mm-hmm. Um, they look good playing for their teams. They look good in the national team, too. But they still make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. They sometimes just disappear during a game yes and that's uh never never the best sign going into um a serious Mm -hmm. tournament where you have to perform for weeks Mm -hmm. um and i mean mentally it can it can be very draining playing this many matches in a row so that's going to be a challenge for the younger guys but they have a great coach um they've been there before they have some good leadership um neuer has been there before and I think one of their younger guys, Kimmich, has been amazing leading mm-hmm. the team. Um, Speaking of their younger guys, who do you think are the going to be the key players for them for their future? 
I think Kimmich, like I said, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, Havert, okay. he's been looking really good for Leverkusen. And um, Werner, yes, he's looking really Werner's. good in the attack. He's been scoring a lot of goals. Right. Um, but most importantly, Gnabry. Yes. Former Arsenal player. But you had to throw that in there just I for did. you guys to know he is an Arsenal fan. Um. I'm sad that he's not on the Arsenal team anymore, but he's been he's been doing really well in Germany. Um, he's been scoring a lot of goals. He has the pace. Yes. He he can dribble past multiple defenders. He can shoot from outside the box, from right. inside the box. He's looking really good. What do you see Leroy Sané's position being that in the last World Cup he wasn't even on the squad. He wasn't included. What do you think about that? At the time he was still very young. Um, okay, so how do you think now he's evolved to play amazing in this upcoming Euro? Because we've seen him play on Man City. I think he has some issues with maturity. Mm-hmm. And I think Löw wasn't sure if his issue would impact the team mm-hmm. in a bad way or in a good way. So he just decided against it because he had so many other talented players on the team. But Reina is one of the best players in the world. Before mm-hmm. his injury, he was doing amazing for City. He won uh, the Premier League last year with them, scoring goals, providing assists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's going to be a starter, and I think he's definitely in the plan for the Germany's team. For sure. And you you mentioned Manuel Neuer earlier. Let's talk about that real quick. You guys all know, we, we spoke about this a couple weeks back on one of the episodes, but Bayern, their whole little boycotting thing that they they have against the German national team for uh, they're they're basically threatening that they won't send any of their players if they drop Neuer as the goalie and put Ter Stegen in. Listen, that is ridiculous. Neuer, I, I will always respect everything he has done for Germany. He is one of the best goalies ever, but it is time to move on and put Ter Stegen in because Ter Stegen's also amazing. You you see what he does. So I want to see your opinion. What Tell me everything you're feeling about this, Tommy. Without being biased, I think Ter Stegen has been, if not the best goalkeeper in the last two years, um, definitely the past year. Are you saying Allison, in general? Okay, yeah you, yeah, you knew what was coming. Yeah, I knew. I mean, Allison <laughs> had a great season too, but Ter Stegen has been performing on the same level for so long. And I think he deserves a spot, like a starting spot. For sure. In the starting 11 for Germany. It's definitely time to move on. I know teams, many teams in all sports, tend to, they tend to hold on to those key players that, that had these you know, key roles in, in, the, in their victories. You know, Neuer was, was a key goalie for when Germany won. But these are things that you do have to move on from, just like the Cubs moving on from Madden right now. Like, oh, we're not going to keep holding on to him because he won us the World Series, which... I have other thoughts about that, but that's a whole another story for a whole another day because I love Joe Madden. But anyways, back to Neuer and <laughs> Ter Stegen. I mean, Neuer is one of the leaders of the of Germany right now. I mean, he has the experience. Um, he has one of the most caps and on the Germany's mm-hmm. team right now. I think it's good to have him. I think Ter Stegen can still benefit from having Neuer mm-hmm. next to him and practice alongside him. And I think... Neuer, Neuer, I mean, obviously he minds, but he respects Ter Stegen. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows it too that Ter Stegen deserves a chance right now. And I think at 
some point um, in the coming months, he'll have to go and talk to Bayern's president and just tell him that uh, this is a ridiculous thing. It is. It and is. it impacts the morale of the Germany Germany's team, too. It totally does. It's not something that should be going on on a professional level like that, like for Bundesliga or the German national team. That shouldn't be something that that's happening. But I just want to talk about, since we were talking about goalies and we mentioned Allison's name, I just want to say something, and I want to hear your opinion about it. Allison, as you all know, has been out due to injury. And Adrian, a goalie from Spain, Spain native, has been doing amazing Despite like the the role that he was initially like put in, he had big shoes to fill. So no one expected such great performances from this goalie, and he has really been doing amazing for Liverpool. And I never thought I would ever say this in my life, but I haven't been missing Allison as much as I thought I would when he initially went went down that first game. I think that's also because of the back four; they're just of so course. dominant in the back that. Of course. But Adrian has made some really significant saves. He has been doing good, and I didn't. I don't think any any one of us expected this per, these types of performances from him because he, like we said, he's not playing for just any team. He's playing for Liverpool. They have kept their seventeen consecutive, you know, winning streak throughout the throughout the Premier League. So this is something that has been a key thing. And I don't know, like coming when we see Allison come back, I'm gonna miss Adrian. So. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about this? I think it's super impressive from a guy who never played on right. a stage this big mm-hmm. and playing important matches yeah. um, that can impact the outcome of the whole league, even if we're so early in the season. Um, so it's just good to see it um, is cause Adrian doing so well. Exactly. being It's it's like anytime you're you're on the bench or even like for... To bring in a different example, like if you're an understudy for this like amazingly big, you know, s- this this star that was casted for this role, you're the understudy. You're not really expecting anything to happen for you to just go on stage, like, you know, for a big performance. You're just expecting like, oh, I'm there, you know. If anything happens, Adrian like really stepped up and so filled those think, shoes. Do you think he can challenge Allison for the starting spot once he's healthy? I do think that I'm. It, it's not crazy to say yeah to that now. After we've seen the way he's been, yeah, I think so. Allison, of course, is top level, and it's going to take Adrian way more time to get to his level. But the fact that he has done what he's done in that little time and in the in the situation that he came into, I think he he's been doing great, and that's something that I think he's underrated right now. He should be spoken about much more. I agree, and a little competition is always good for. For the team, that's how players improve. So Right. Do you see him having a key role in the Spanish national team at any point? Or do you think Kepa's going to stay? At any point, maybe. I think Degeo and Kepa are just too good right now. Too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, I mean, Degeo is still young, too. Right. He hasn't been yeah. the best lately. Um, he's been taking a lot of criticism, too. Yeah. But he's a top-level goalie, too. Um, playing for a big team. So I think it's going to be very hard to um, get a starting spot on the team. Definitely, definitely. But I just figured we'd mention that. But let's move on to this other game that happened yesterday. Wales and Croatia tying at 1-1, and then both of the stars of the teams go down and their teammates on Real Madrid. So that's, that's a really 
that's a tough blow on Real. Yeah. Um, and for those of you, just to be specific, I didn't mention their names, Gareth Bale and Luka Modric going down during the game. So hopefully they're not big injuries. What are your thoughts on this, Tommy? I think it really impacts Real Madrid um, just because they've been having some troubles with their form of the leader players they have. Um, Hazard hasn't been playing that well. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I know. And then Modric has been out a couple games too. Um, yeah. So he hasn't been playing as much as Zidane would like him to play. Right. And then Bale um, is a quality player who doesn't get that many chances. So I think his absence won't hurt as much as Modric's. But, um, I mean, nice time for the younger guys to step up. And Real Madrid spent a lot of money this summer on certain players. Eden Hazard just... Yeah, just to just to be very specific on that because I had been anticipating his his move to Real for a long time because he had been flirting while he was still on Chelsea mm -hmm. to make that move and he finally made it and we had the biggest hopes and then of course injury played a role in this but he it it's sad because they spent such big money it was a Galactico signing and it's just sad that we haven't been seeing that performance from him. This yeah. time last year, he already had so many goals for Chelsea, and look at him now. His goals for Real, there's it's just one, and then I believe one assist. I think he just has to adapt to Spanish football in general. Um, it's, it's always a totally tough to make. Feel, yeah, yeah, it's always tough to make those changes, and I mean the that lifestyle goes for is different too. too. Yes, exactly. Be for Barca, because that was a big signing too, coming from Atletico. I mean, yeah, he was already familiar with the Spanish play, being mm -hmm. in the league, but. It, that he's not giving Barca what what they thought they'd get from him. I mean, he got benched the last game they right. played. So, so those are two big La Liga signings that really haven't been going well. It's it's a little startling, but I'm I'm expecting hopefully to see more from Eden Hazard because he's just one of the best players and he is a quality player. So that's why it's just surprising to not see him perform at that level of class that he usually performs at it's a little concerning too because clubs spend so much money on players like mm -hmm. Griezmann Coutinho now mm -hmm. Hazard and they just don't seem to work out as of now I mean we're too early in the season to to judge Griezmann or Hazard but they haven't been doing too well and Coutinho had to leave Barcelona on a loan and he's been doing pretty good I would say mm -hmm. at Bayern Munich and it looks like he found himself again. But the market is so crazy, and I feel like these players are under so much pressure. They are, and how do you think, going into that, how do you think Jao Felix is doing at Barca? Uh, Jao Felix is uh, amazing. He's such a young talent. Mm -hmm. um, I'm surprised. I, I didn't know him too well before. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen highlights, but I never actually watched any of his games. Or at, at, at Atletico. Right. Yeah, uh, right. He's, he plays for Atletico, and right. he was at Sporting. Because that was no, a big he was at Benfica. Right, because that was a big signing in the summer. So how do you think he's doing at Atletico? I've been talking about Barca so much, this, <laughs> this show that I just said, <laughs> at Barca, and then I'm like, wait, no, I just caught what I just said. I think he's the transfer that happened this summer that actually worked out so far. Do you um, think he's going to be advance, like he's going to do more than Griezmann has done in his career? 
that's a little too early to say. Um, I think they don't miss Griezmann as much as mm -hmm. I expected. Um, they have a good team. Joel Felix seemed to score goals, seemed to create chances. Mm -hmm. um, even though they had some injuries injuries um, in the front, so he stepped up, which is impressive from a young player. And he really seems like someone who doesn't mind the pressure right. and doesn't care about what the media says, whether he they call him overrated or not. He's just there to do his job. And that's and what you want in every athlete. Exactly. You have to be able to tune all of that out and just do you. Do you exactly. on that field, on the court, whatever it is. And he does seem to do that. He looks like he has you know, a good head on his shoulders for his age. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do and what potential he has, like, to reach success in his career. He has one of the best mentors possible. Of Cristiano course. Ronaldo yeah. seems very in invested in his career. And yeah. um, even himself, Cristiano said before that he's always giving him advice, encouragement. Mm -hmm. And he also has Simeone on his side, mm -hmm. one of the best tactical minds, I think, in the game right now. And... He developed so many good players before. Yep. So I think it's a really good place for him. Definitely. That's that's going to be interesting to see, to see it all play out. And it's it's really exciting. I love when these new players come in and, and do good for their teams and, and make their way. But as as we saw, England, let's go back to England. They, Because I know you want to talk about Northern Ireland. Yes. So England... Looking okay, but they lost to Czech. But do you know who didn't lose to Czech? Northern, Northern Ireland. Ireland. Away. And that was their first win away in a friendly for over 13, in over 13 years. And one of the key players for that game was Patty McNair, who is 24 years old, and he scored twice. So it's, it's looking really good. And I know you have a lot to say about Northern Ireland, so let it all out. And what an accomplishment, just having the chance to qualify for the Euros and... They were doing so well um, two years ago before the World Cup uh, in the World Cup qualifying rounds. They almost qualified. They were just one one match away from qualifying, and from such a small country with not too with players who don't play in the top leagues except Evans, mm -hmm. who plays in the Premier League. Just being able to challenge teams like the biggest teams with the best biggest names in soccer is just so impressive and. I really hope they're going to make it out to the Euros. And they have amazing fans. They they travel to watch their matches. You can see on social media, if you type in Northern Ireland soccer fans, you see a lot of funny videos mm -hmm. and them just celebrating if they're even after a loss. It's just It must be an amazing encouragement for the players to have fans like that that travel and support you no matter what. So I'm really hoping they will make it because it kind of feels like the new Iceland. Right. I, yeah. You said that before the show. And it's right. Once you said that, it, I totally I totally saw it. I, I see it. It does feel like that. Yeah, even the fans. Like, Iceland came off with their own the thunderclap. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, it's just good to see smaller countries um, yeah. being able to show um, their style of soccer. On it's always nice to change. see the underdog. That's yeah. like the, the most, like, that's the love story between every sports fan and a team. Like, People love watching the underdogs do good and just the Cinderella story, you know? Exactly. So Northern Ireland, be on the lookout for them because they might be coming up with some good stuff.
Ta- I know Tommy's rooting for them. Yeah, so. <laughs> they'll still be playing German and Holland, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, so what are your predictions for that? I mean, obviously Germany and the Netherlands are favorite to win those uh, games, especially since their place in the Euros are not um, solid, solidified mm-hmm. yet. Um, so they'll definitely go and play them with their best squad. Um, but hopefully Northern Ireland can challenge them and get some points. For sure. Well, that is going to be it for us today. There was, you know, it was the international break, so we don't have much actual league games to talk about at all. So that was it for that show. And I hope you guys enjoyed the first segment where you got to know a little bit about Tommy Zador. Make sure you go follow him on social media. Go look for him on the DePaul Athletic site as well. You could read a little more about him and make sure you go to any type of tennis match if you could and and watch him play. Watch our men's soccer. Watch our women's soccer. Go go watch these, these sports. I really urge you to. But thank you so much, Tommy, for coming onto the show. Thank you for having We're, me here. No, thank you for coming. Yeah, I, I had fun talking to you. You're definitely going to come on again at some other point when we can fit it into your busy schedule because i know you travel for the team so thank you so much and thank you guys for listening in make sure you tune in on thursday 2 to 3 p.m it will be the normal you know your your duo the reds chris and i uh to talk about more soccer and premier league and just everything so tune in uh tommy is an arsenal fan though so i will have to reevaluate if I will bring him on to the show. <laughs> I'm joking. All righty. Well, thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the rest of your night and enjoy your week.